Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the movie podcast where two films with something in common go head-to-head to figure out which one did it better. On Monday, Kathleen Turner played a lonely romance novelist who embarked on an adventure like the ones in her books in Romancing the Stone. While today, Sandra Bullock plays a lonely romance novelist who embarks on an adventure like the one in her books in The Lost City. Don't panic. What do you mean, don't panic? Just don't panic. No, don't stop saying panic. Okay, I'm panicking okay. now. You have something on your back. No! What is that? Stop screaming. Stop screaming. What is that? What is that? Do you have any on you? No, no. Why don't you have any on you? You need the jumpsuit. Scared them off. I don't don't know. Get them off. Oh, my God. Okay. No, I can't touch this blood gorge mucus sacs. Can you fling it? Can you? Why don't you just pick it and fling it? Just pick it. You pick it and fling it. Can you spin it off? Please get it off. Get it off. I don't like touching it. Okay. I'm feeling faint. They're sucking it off. They're sucking my soul out. Stop, 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 stop. So which one wins? You're about to find out in Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Clash Podders, I'm Chris Tilly. I'm Vicky Crompton. And we are still a Zane-free zone, <laughs> meaning you're stuck with me on hosting duties. I'm sorry. First things first, Vicky, yeah. do you want to reiterate why you picked this pair? Because The Lost City is almost so perfectly designed for me because it's got a lot of my favourite elements in. So I was very excited about it and I have good memories of Romancing the Stone. And then once, well, I haven't seen Romancing the Stone for a few years, but there are some, which we're about to get into, there are some elements that are so directly lifted from The Lost City as to make it a viable comparison. Sure. Sorry, the other way around. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I, it actually annoyed me a little bit. I think I heard you before we started recording. You did sound really mad mm. when you were talking to Charlie about yeah, it. Yeah, a little bit annoyed. Um, but first things first, we love an iTunes review here at Clash Pod and we read some of our favourites out, don't we, Vicky? You do, yes. Uh, so here's one entitled Chris and Vicky are miserable. Oh, no! <laughs> the message is short and to the point. Is it horrible? I swear Alex is the only person on this podcast that actually enjoys movies. Oh, God. Two stars. Oh, Chris. And that comes from Banterswag42069. You're not supposed to bring this to my door. I'm not on the socials because I don't want to deal with any bad vibes Mm -hmm. ever. Because I can't. Because I'm like a child and I become bitter and upset and very vengeful. Why are you miserable and why don't you enjoy (laughs) movies, Vicky? The two big questions that Banterswag42069... I mean, I can get into it, babe. I can get into it. I do enjoy them. I just do you. Yeah, yeah. is that what you do, movie podcast? (laughs) Um, That review, though, it's funny. That review was written the day that the Free Guy episode went live, which seemed to upset more people than I was expecting. Really? Yeah, we got a few messages from people annoyed. Say leave it alone. That Alex loved it, you liked it, and I thought it was okay. And that was which I think is pretty fair, (laughs) isn't it? Is that not fair? Considering, yeah. Um, But. 
yeah, so I feel like this is connected to Free Guy. And if that's the hill you want to die on, Banter Swag 42069, <laughs> then, you know, you do you, man. To their <laughs> you do you. <laughs> this is the thing, and we've said it before you don't come for the gamers. I don't know how this has happened, but that's the thing, isn't it? Don't go for them. <laughs> don't go for the gamers. <laughs> uh, right, on to a film we definitely both love. <laughs> Uh, Vicky, please take us on a journey. I once had a dream where my favourite comedy actor teamed up with my favourite sexy actor and mined the rich thematic seam of one of my favourite films and then threw in my favourite legit movie star for a memorable cameo and my favourite big tentpole franchise actor as the evil British villain. And then I woke up and the lost city was real because Hollywood is not as stupid as I think sometimes and can make a movie that is so specifically designed to get people like me into the cinema that I waited six months till it was on a streamer and watched it for a podcast, which gives me me absolutely no credibility every time I wail that Hollywood ignores women and thinks women don't go to the pictures because bafflingly even I who dreamt up this perfectly crafted movie didn't go to the cinema to watch it at which point you've got to ask what will it take Vicky for you to get up off your fat ass and spend 11 pounds oh wait bring it in at 90 minutes and then we'll talk mm. it's true though like what 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 do they have to do <laughs> I don't, you know, like Cineworld is closed and I was like, oh, that's really sad. And Mark was like, oh, you never go to the cinema anyway. And I was like, but I want it to be there. I, I love the cinema. There are logistical issues around getting me to the cinema these days that are not insurmountable, but they're just expensive. So I am guilty of like, if it's a massive thing, I will go. Um, but, you know, this is the sort of, we talk about all the time about the death of, you know, original material. And it's, you know, this, this doesn't have an underlying IP. And I should have gone to see this multiple times and I didn't. And I really enjoyed it. But, and it's just, it's just a shame I couldn't commit to the theatrical release. So are you saying after you'd seen it the first time, you would have seen it several more times? No, at I'm, the not cinema? Say, no I'm not saying that. No, I'm not, that's, that's mad. That's mad. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my history. I was, you know, the, the fucking... In Lewisham, anyway, the poster for this, and we'll get onto the jumpsuit because the jumpsuit is like the central character of this film. Mm. But that thing that they're very proud of, that shot of Sandra Bullock in a jumpsuit in a wheelbarrow, that you know, that was on that was on the sides of buses in Lewisham for it feels like my entire yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. And I still didn't go to the pictures to see. So this is a first time watch. This is a circuitous way of me saying it's a first time watch. Okay. I assume you went to the pictures to see it because it's your work. Um, no, but it's definitely in my wheelhouse and I like the trailers, but I don't know. It was a weird time though, I think, when this came out was as it? well. It was might it have been. this year? It was at the start of the year. I don't know. Um, no, I wasn't interested enough. This did feel like one I could wait mm-hmm. um, until it was for free on Sky. We didn't manage that as I'd wanted us to. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry if anyone had to pay for this. I paid for it. I don't mind. I know, but you're doing it professionally. I'm doing it professionally, but I was pleased because I did try to pay for it a while ago and I was like, it's £14, not paying that. And then it was £3.50 and that yeah. was fine. Yeah. Um, so it features your favourite tentpole actor. So I'm going to say that about Radcliffe I, it's because I like Radcliffe a lot, but I think I like him more as a person than I do as Harry mm. Potter. But for the purpose of my very funny synopsis. Okay. I just made a note of that. Like, more than Harrison Ford? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you got to come up with something. I saw I know, this. I saw this interview with Sandra Bullock and Daniel Radcliffe, and he looks terrified of mm. her because, I mean, I do have a bit of a blind spot here, but she is, a, you know, a phenomenal presence, and he mm. just looks nervous as all hell, mm. like a normal person would, yeah. and that's very endearing. He's very, you know, I've met him a few times, interviewed him a couple of times. He's just a very sweet man. Yeah, and he seems like it. So yeah, that, yeah I like him. Mm. Uh, all right then. So, do you want to know about? <laughs> Before I had to do the background to this film, uh, Alex, I was I was like, I wonder if it's like Sandra Bullock was obsessed with remaking *Romance in the Stone* and pushed it forward. And, you know, she's a producing powerhouse, and she can kind of do what she wants. And I was very disappointed to find out that that was not the case. So yeah, because there was about ten years ago, there was a *Romancing the Stone* remake on the cards for telly, or do you know? Or for... No, it was it was <laughs> Gerard Butler. Oh right, yeah, I'll go and see that. And who is the woman who was in *Knocked Up*? Oh God, what's she called? Grey's Anatomy, I think she was. Catherine in. Catherine Heigl. Yeah, I think they were going to be the two roles. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean... Like although, I said, although Gerard Butler's a terrific actor and if he ever wants to play a pirate, he does need to give me a ring. That's right, you've, you've got the part for him. <laughs> and he will do. <laughs> he has been earmarked. 
<laughs> it's an exclusive. Yeah, no one else can fill that role. So it's just one of those things like you, you know, when you saw the credits, what, but initially when I saw the credits, I was like, oh, okay, it kind of explained, it felt like it explained a lot. There's quite a lot of writers on this project and mm. that doesn't tend to be brilliant sign like a lot of the time. Um it's based on an idea by Seth Gordon and then Oren Uziel wrote the original screenplay. But anyway, it's going nowhere for years. So Sandra, my Sandra, she read it. She passed on it because she thought it felt dated. And then around seven years later, it comes back to her. And by this point, Paramount has said to her, you can do what you like with it. And she said in this interview, that was a, a massive change for her. Like once you're told you can do what you want, it becomes a bit more of an attractive proposition. So you can head it up and you can produce it. I think that's what you want anyway if you want Sandra Bullock to be in your film. Like, this is her zone. Like, you know, she can do comedy, she can do the drama, she's America's sweetheart, all the rest of it. I don't know why you wouldn't want her to be as involved as possible. Um, but then the script needs reinvigorating and so um, Dana Fox has a go at that just to get those all those elements, in Sandra Bullock's words, fully integrated action, comedy and drama. I do think it's a bit patchy at times, in terms of that but you know I can see that they're having a go at it and it, I don't think it completely fails to do that either we'll come back to that obviously um, now the Knee Brothers they become hot after they put together a pitch for Bumblebee which they did, obviously they didn't get Bumblebee did you see their short film? No, what is it? So what they did is they were invited to pitch for Bumblebee and mm. one of the brothers, I can't remember which one, has got this VFX background. So they CGI the Transformers, but the robot thing, and they put one of the other's daughter in it. So it's a short film. It's really sweet. Mm. I'm not a massive like Transformers fan, so I and I, but I like CG and I you know I like what effects can do and I like a good child actor. But if I'm being completely honest, I found it a little bit cloying mm -hmm. because it's just a bit. Uh, the pace is just a bit like, you know, it works if you love Transformers and you're like, wow, look at that. What they wanted to do is show that they could handle the sort of shots, music, action that a huge movie like Bumblebee would require. And I do think it 100% does that. Yeah, and I haven't seen it, as I said. But yeah, with that film, they were trying to go in a different direction where yeah. it was a bit more emotional. Yeah, yeah, and they, and, they, and they, they nail that. It, it was like the E.T. Yes. Of, of of the Transformers movies. And exactly. it's, not, it's the first half of Bumblebee's great. Yeah. It's sort of then it turns into any other Transformers Well, this maybe. is the thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's just not my sort of thing. But um, I can see why, if you weren't expecting them to be able to do that, this short would cause a big fuss because they're basically like, we could have done Bumblebee. Like, it's it, mm. it looks it's extremely competent. Um, and they're huge fans of Amblin movies and they like Robert Zemeckis movies. And so this gets, the short gets passed around a lot. And it's like, these guys like that sort of material. So let's start considering them for that sort of material, which gets them in the room for The Lost City. Um... Daniel Radcliffe was cast because uh, Sandra wanted someone, in her words, hot and sexy to play a sociopath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. She said, I want someone who's been on the cover of GQ to play that. And I said, like, Daniel Radcliffe probably has been on the cover of GQ. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you do I don't know. I think he's actually quite sexy in this. But he's, oh, I think it's mostly because he's got a really excellent haircut. So, I, you know, I get a bit obsessed with things like that. Uh, Channing Tatum, look, if you want women of a certain age in a movie theatre, put Channing Tatum in it and that will work for you. Mm. And I'm being snide about that. But the dem that demographic, women over 35, is what put this through the roof. This is a huge smash. Um, what did it make? One, 190 million off a $68 million wow. budget. That's, That's massive. 61% yeah. or something of the people that went to see it in the opening weekend were women over 35. Sure. Those are your bums on seats. Um, so, yeah, that is all I have. Excellent. Well, I had nothing. So that was all well, new well, to thank me. thank God that I did it because I wasn't <laughs> well, going to. It was your job. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly considered because I was a little bit up against it this morning being like what if I will Chris get mad if I just make it up entirely and I was like Sandra Bullock found an ancient scroll and it had the script for I, Lost I, City I feel like you might have made up that thing she said about Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything negative about Dan <clears throat> no big fan alright so let's get into it shall we so here's my girl uh, Sandra she's no interestingly she's put herself in the fantasy the opening fantasy mm. Now, Joan, in Romance in the Stone, doesn't. She fantasy, She's narrating it, but it's a, another female actor. So I think it's good for the character of Loretta because it's like, oh, yeah, you want to get out there. You want to be having a life. But the problem is this film hinges on <clears throat> you don't like Dash, you don't like slash mm. Alan, played by Channing Tatum, but we've just seen them. Mm. The establishing shot is them rolling around on the floor together in a pit full of snakes or whatever it is so all their little negging and all their back and forth later you can't get this image out of your head which, you, which you've just seen you think she likes him because she's imagined herself with him yeah so i think it's a mistake i agree okay i agree um but i guess 
she thought, well, we've got to change one aspect of this scene <laughs> we're copying and pasting. Yeah. But it's very Indiana yeah. Jones. Well, it, it's a massive piss take of Indy as well, isn't yeah. it? But by, by making it about the, the snakes. The snakes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy seeing it, but a lot of my review, review, that's a bit highfalutin, words that I will say about this film it's so coloured by the fact that I'm essentially in love with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, so it's very hard for me to see stuff. So you can correct me if I'm being too generous. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so Sandra, she's got writer's block, but it's like perfect writer's block because she's Sandra Bullock. But then wait a minute, she's a freaking widow, which I was not expecting. That comes kind of out of left field, talking about sort of making sure those elements all integrate. I wasn't expecting it. As a little bit put out by it because it's like, oh, that just muddies the romance a bit because you're actually in grief. But I think it works and I think it provides an emotional through line that I enjoyed. Are you annoyed that they fridged the husband? <laughs> no, oh, it doesn't matter. Here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what when it's a bloke. Yeah, yay. <laughs> I, hope, I hope she killed him. <laughs> but I, I, they make a big deal that she's got to see what's on the other side of the door in his office yeah. and then it, we don't, it doesn't really I feel like they're setting stuff up there that doesn't really pay off I, yeah. I, I, know, I know we get stuff about you know the work that they did together but I just feel like that's quite an interesting concept going on there yeah. because this, the room looks amazing it does yeah but yeah it's just sort of never followed up upon. just closes that door um so she's promoting the Lost City of D, which I, the joke about it being Lost City of Dick, I think is funny because the minute you hear Lost City of D, you yeah. think Dick, I like yeah, that. Yeah, D for Dash or Dick. Yeah, brilliant. No, it's an ancient tribe. <laughs> which I didn't write down the bloody name of, which is bad, bad podcasting this week, but never mind. I don't think anyone cares. So um, we're going to meet Alan. We're at the book tour, the book launch rather. Um, and if we're honest about what this whole scene is, it's establishing the other protagonist of this cheery romp, which is mm. this sequin jumpsuit. So I love it on the poster. I think it's very funny, but I'm disappointed by the jumpsuit setup because it is such a big part of this film. Like, ah, oh, ha, ha, sequins in the jungle. Hilarious. Get it. Fine. The visual contrast is all fine. But I think the way we get to the jumpsuit just should be funny because who does a book launch in a jumpsuit like that anyway? I, I agree. I agree. She's not a sex pot. No. Uh, the opposite, in fact. And so, yeah, I get when they're trying to make... I don't know what they're doing, but I, I, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. And it, it, it's, it smacks to me of, you know, she looks amazing in it and she yeah. knows she looks amazing in it. So she said... She, so it's shoehorned in there yeah. in a way that I just made me a bit uncomfortable, to be honest. Well, because her, pub- her publisher, she's called Beth, gives it to her. But it should be forced on her mm. because... The you know the smart thing she was going to wear for the book tour, the book launch, which is what an, a writer would wear, is hilariously destroyed. Or she picks it in a fit of pique of, of some description. But her publisher goes, wear this. And she's like, I don't want to. And then it's like, OK, I thought the setup was going to be much more satisfying than that. So anyway, but this is, you know, very being very nitpicky. Um, and then we meet Dash and that entrance is fun. And we see those little sparks of I hate you, which is so important for a film mm. like this. And they're just so different, I guess. So Dash has been brought there to interview her. Yeah. That's quite a strange thing Yeah, as well. I don't really understand why Dash would be interviewing her. Well, I suppose the film is saying he's the main draw now. Um, and so we want to get as many bums on seats at this thing as possible and so him interviewing you is what will draw the crowd although it's quite a small crowd actually so maybe not anyway um quickly moving on radcliffe as abigail fairfax now i may just be being me for a second not mad about that joke about the gender neutral name because the joke i think is her going it's not gender neutral so then the joke then necessarily becomes, oh, you've got a girl's name. And that's that's not funny. So mm. I just don't, I don't know. I th- it feels really of its time, but it was six months ago. Mm. <laughs> so I don't like there's, it. There's a lot of stuff that feels dated. Or, like, there's a Shawn Mendes joke there's that I don't lot, think. There's three or four yeah, Shawn, Shawn Mendes jokes. Is that going to last that long? I always find that mad. Like when you're writing, you always resist putting something in. that's like this, you can now tag mm. your script to a certain month of a certain year. Mm. Like you don't want to do that. Oh no! Wait, we're idiots. So maybe he was. They were paid. I don't know. I made that up. Sean Mendes' people were like, "Get me in there." Okay. Do you think? What product placement? <laughs> yeah. Of a name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of that of a human being's name. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I think we that, need I think to do how the Venn diagram of Sandra Bullock's commercial interests okay. and Shawn Mendes's commercial interests. I mean, how that normally w- would work is he would then sing the song over the end, like say Billy Ocean doing yeah. "When the Going yeah. Gets Tough." That does make in a lot fact, of sense. In fact, they didn't nick that. They may as well have put "When the Going Gets Tough" in this film. <laughs> the trouble is, for every time I have a thought like that, where I'm like, ah, oh, and I'm not mad about that. There's just things in this film. It's like they've been in my dreams where Daniel Radcliffe is like I I read that you like cheese and so I got all of them I'm a big cheese fan mm. big cheese fan so for me I've got Sandra Bullock and a cheese board in front of me and there's just part my dopamine is just going off like I can't help it I'm like I love this film <laughs> because of all those things but how did they know I love cheese as much as I do I don't know I don't know Vicky I don't know what you're talking about anymore <laughs> Anyway, um, but that's okay because we're going to talk about Brad Pitt. So don't worry. So you'll feel more comfortable. So he, Brad Pitt as Jack Trainer, um, Channing Tatum meets him at the airport of the island to which Sandra Bullock as Loretta has been kidnapped, wished away. She's been taken. She's been taken. Is this taken? Am I taken? But the, that's a funny joke. But then someone else uses the taken joke again later. And it's like... That Don't, you, can't do it twice. Because it's not that strong. It's fine for a one-off. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Brad Pitt as this sort of, you know, this ex-CIA black ops agent, whatever it is he's supposed to be. And he's got this sort of bedraggled man of the woods thing. And then you want to do a bit of a contrast with Alan's more sort of like preen. He's not preening, but he's like a modern man and he's got his little neck cushion and he's got his pods in his ears and stuff like that. And it's, I just think it's, they're so cute together. Sure. What we'll get to is they're going to storm the complex. They're going to get Loretta out of there. And it's when I realised that we were watching a certificate 12 because it's not violent. And so it's done by people get, you know, sort of conveniently knocked out. 18. 18 violence. Yeah, brilliant. So I was like, oh, and I double checked. I was like, oh, it's a 12. However, I think they do it so that when they then blow Jack's head off, mm. you weren't expecting it. Very effective. Yeah, this is the thing. So I know I've been manipulated because you did the kiddie stuff so that Jack getting his head blown off mm. is a, such a shocker. And I don't care because my reaction is like, wow, amazing, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's an issue with that. I was just sad to see Jack go. I get it as the surprise cameo that then gets surprise killed off. Yes. Although he's not a surprise cameo, isn't he? Because he's in all the posters. But I just wish we just spent a little bit more time. I just, maybe a scene or two later. But I don't know. Maybe it's memorable because it's so soon mm. yes I think that's the point um, and yeah I was genuinely surprised I guess you've got a sense of it because I don't you know he wasn't star build I don't think on it and so you think oh, something's going on here yeah his name isn't above the poster but he's in the but trailers he's in the, but he's in the poster it's just because I'm so like those bus adverts are just burned into my mind but then maybe it's because people don't advertise on buses in Lewisham that much because that's true isn't it If you, the, the advert stays on there until you get a new advert you don't get a limited time run so I think they're still on I don't buses. Know, I don't know enough about bus adverts. Do you know, I do know quite a bit about bus yeah. advertising because of working for charities and right. some bright spark, a trustee, not in my current job, I just hasten to add, will say, why don't we do bus adverts? And the answer is, they're prohibitively expensive. Right. I thought I thought you were going to say you know about it from your time as an agent where someone said, <laughs> I, n- I need to be on there for 14 months. <laughs> yeah. That <I'll-> Lewisham bus. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Norman advertises in Lewisham, so I'll get you on the 436 and you will be there for 14 My head isn't as big as Radcliffe's. (laughs) So, yes. um, Now, this you're going to kill me for saying this, but one of my biggest issues with Romancing the Stone, which I don't have here, is that I think we're, we're... Well, where are we going now? We're in Act 2. Alan and Loretta are on an adventure together now and they're on a quest and she's got a map that she's stolen and she's translating it. And there's a reason why she was the woman for the job, which isn't just that she's someone's sister-in-law, it's that she can she knows this ancient she conveniently knows this ancient language that no one else knows. And so even though it's super light touch, as in not as satisfying as Indiana Jones in any way, at least we're gonna get a little bit of clues and problem solving and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I I know, I agree. It's 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 far too wishy washy what happens in Romancing the Stone in terms of plot and and it's far too based around coincidence. Yeah. Whereas this is, she's been brought there for a reason and she uses her skills. I, in fact, I, I would like to see her use them more. Yes, I'd like the riddle you know, to be more complicated. Yeah, because the the, 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 the puzzle solving is, it seems just a bit a bit basic and a bit... Well, and also the trouble is because my brain kicks in, you're like, well, we're going to solve a puzzle. And even, you know, at the last crusade, the puzzle is complicated enough for me. I'm not brilliant with riddles and stuff like that. But she's like the tears or something. The, te- the crown of, what's it called? The crown of fire is in the tears. And she stood by a waterfall. So you're like, we're through that then. 
isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's not. <laughs> so, so fuck me. But there is a lot. They, they, they actually put too much here. They're looking for. He's looking for a priceless headdress. Yeah. A final resting place. A crown of fire. There's. It's just. There's actually too much for me for my brain to cope with. When so the riddle was too complicated for you. Yeah. Okay. They, well, they, I think they just make it confusing here when yeah. they just need to be focus. Because I, I think they're all. It's all the same thing ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. The final resting place is where all of this stuff is, isn't it? Yeah. I just thought she's like tears, the tears of the thing. And then you're by the waterfall and she was going to do that classic thing where you just push a brick and you go through the waterfall and then you're in a magical cave. Um, that, Sorry, that didn't happen, Vicky. But uh, <laughs> as you say, it feels like it might have been another film. So go and watch one of them. Um, yes. So um, actually, uh, I'll come back to this bit after a short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, I want to talk about eczema for a while. Um, there's a scene right now with Loretta and Alan and they're in the jungle and they've somehow, the baddies that are pursuing them somehow haven't found them, which feels unrealistic, but fine, whatever. So we've got this scene where Channing Tatum is an eczema sufferer, which is why he doesn't like getting in the water. And it's going to be the scene where Loretta and Alan come closer and it's got the comedy chops in it that, that she's applying cream or whatever, or no, a face mask to his back, which is very funny. But it really it took me by surprise how genuinely a little bit moved I was by this scene. So I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, what is happening? Mm. Bear in mind, I watched this like, the day I got back from holiday. So I was feeling, I was in a, very, a weird headspace anyway. Um, and when she, doesn't she talk about crestellations or undulations of essentially, of, no, not essentially, of a rash? And I was like, that is quite powerfully sexy. What is happening? I've realised what's happening. I'm an eczema sufferer. Mm. And basically my favourite woman and favourite man in the whole world are telling me it's fit. And so I've really fallen right, for that. Okay. Which I've never thought of it as, I've always found it quite a confidence knocker for me. I would, sure. I would very much big up someone else that had it. But for myself personally, I've always found it a little bit tricky to deal with. Now I don't need to worry about it because Sandra Bullock thinks it's attractive and Channing Tatum is attractive and he has eczema on his back. What? Not in real life, probably. Uh, two things. I'm very happy for you that you got that out of this film and I can't even remember that scene. <laughs> you know, it's so weird because it's all funny, funny, like the face mask. Quite a lot of this film I can't remember. She's like I only watched her it four days ago. Back, and he's like, oh, do it again. <laughs> Whatever. And she's like, well, I will. And then she's like, he's like, oh, you're not grossed out. Because she's, she's rubbing a rash and she's like, no, I'm not. And she does, he makes her like talk about his back rash 
the way that a romance novelist would. And you think it's going to be pure funny. So again, mm. this thing that Dana Fox was hired to do, which is bring together all these elements that they wanted, action, drama, comedy. There's no action in this scene, but it's bringing together drama and comedy. It shouldn't work. It probably doesn't. But for me, I was like, I, I can. I think that's good. I think that does it kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you keep... You keep describing it to me. I'm still not remembering but it. But you don't even remember it. So, no. But then maybe that's for the best. I vaguely remember it. I remember I remember the leeches. Maybe it's... Well, I remember the leeches as well, yeah. And then, the you know, the joke about him having a massive penis and stuff like that, which I couldn't concentrate on because I'm terrified of leeches. Um. <laughs> He's very funny in that scene, though, where he thinks they're sucking out his soul. <laughs> We're all terrified of leeches because it's stand by me. That's the sure, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. That's the ultimate scene. I, I found that scene kind of disappointing though. When it's, I mean, I feel like it's pretty clear that I don't think it's him. Oh, do you think? No, I, you know, obviously there's certain shots when it is him because he's got the body, but there's certain moments where you would put them both in the same shot if this is what's happening yeah, because oh, we so want naive. to see it, whereas we're not. We, we, it's we're too close in on his. Arse. Yeah. And so it, I think it's a body double. Wow. Oh, I could be totally wrong here. No, but I'm so naive. I just don't... I think as well, because if you were an actor, you'd be like, well, if I don't have to get my own bum out, I'd rather mm. not, obviously. Mm. Well, maybe not, you, obviously. Yeah, but if you're Channing Tatum, you might want so, your bum. Yeah, yeah you might want your bum. I just feel like there's not a proper shot, I don't think, where we get where you can see both of them. Shot, yeah. Yeah. Um, because he comes across as so very confident because of the Magic Mike 1 and 2 and also the stage of sure. franchise. Yeah, he didn't care. But yeah. I, I probably got that completely wrong. But it, it, and, and if that's the case, if there is a leech on his dick, as the film uh, <laughs> claims, then let's see it. Let's <laughs> no, see, absolutely let's no see dick leech. God, what was I watching last night? Have you watched that Netflix thing called uh, Trainwreck about Woodstock 99? No. It, everyone's been going on about yeah. it. It's really, it is good. It's because I watched the document we talked about. I watched the documentary last year about Woodstock. Are we going to do one every year. Uh, yeah, this, this is the thing. I was like the failed festival documentary genre, subgenre yeah. on yeah. Netflix. Is uh, like... Multiple failed <laughs> yeah. festival documentaries about the same festival. But there's the the final day, it's the Sunday, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are playing. And Flea is there and he's got his blue hair and he's jumping around and he's completely naked, which I kind of forgotten that was a thing. That was a thing, yeah. And I was it's just banging around on the guitar. Like yeah. it's madness to put me. A so- put a sock on it. At least. Mm. Or something harder, like to protect yourself from and I love that how little he gives a fuck about stuff like that obviously mm. like full power to him but it's just boinging around slapping that face <laughs> <laughs> slapping under me I found it so upsetting I was such a prude in my older age I was just no I'm not prudish I was just worried for his safety it's like if you get it caught which you will it's gonna rip anyway <laughs> anyway Anyway, anyway. Um, so then the Alan and Loretta, they share a hammock and their romance and they're growing closer. But there's a kind of early law point here where they fall out and they tell each other some truths. And she's mm. like, you're just a cover model kind of thing. It's, oh, I like it. It's cool. It's fine, whatever. But Alan's character for me, in terms of where this classic rom-com arc is, which is we hate each other. We hate each other. We love each other. Alan's on the back foot because he already liked her. Yeah. And I, the... the I think you should have written it differently where he never liked her either. And so, I mean, that writes itself kind of thing. I don't know why it is that he always liked her. It's weird, yeah. yeah. And, and yet he's never said anything. It's all very yeah. sudden that he wants to tell her. But like, I don't really understand his character all that well because he, you know, he, he seemed, they they set him up as stupid and not knowing about history and then he's like a history buff by the end of it. He's, yeah. he's interested in these things. And that weird story he tells about being embarrassed and then not being embarrassed about being a cover model. Yeah. And, and, and so he can say, "Don't judge a book by its cover." <laughs> it, it just—I didn't really—I didn't really. That story didn't make me care. It didn't hit home enough. Like, no. The way to do it is, you know, when I first met you, Loretta, I thought you were generous and fun, and you—we were going to do something amazing together. And then you've just entrenched and withdrawn, and you're bitter, and you're not the person I thought you were. And, and I hate you. You've ruined my life. I've ruined your life. Brilliant. And then they can reconcile. But he's like, oh, this is all, he's like, you know, essentially saying this is awkward for me because I really like you and you don't like me. Yeah. And and these are the scenes where you've got the, the Knee brothers saying that they um they shot it all. Well, in the interviews I read, it was all about how tough it was in the jungle filming all this. And this is all the in. stuff that's on a, that's on a soundstage. And it's just, it's it looks so artificial. Yeah. Like, and, and we're, I mean, we're in 2022. Like, I feel like, can they not make it look more but like also, a jungle? Yeah, why there's lie? No, there's no jungle noises <laughs> in, in some you, of these scenes. And I'm like, sure? put, put some birds in the background. Are you sure? Just make me feel like I'm in a jungle. <laughs> 
Why don't they introduce noises of jungle? Question mark. Barely anything. Uh, exclamation mark. So weird. Exclamation mark. I hadn't noticed. Where the chirping of an insect? Anything. <laughs> But no, there's nothing. I, I hadn't I, noticed. I didn't know. Maybe it was one specific scene where there wasn't anything. But like, you I could was just, just hear like... the echo off the soundstage. <laughs> 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 oh, I hadn't noticed. That's very funny. Um, so this bloody jumpsuit pays off, kind of, eventually, when it's torn to bits mm. to distract the baddies and one of them, the two of them go over a cliff, whatever. Yeah, and so again, she's doing the, she's turning from helpless into hero, yeah. like Joan did. She's, she's you know, she's cleverer than the villains and um, he's got his final countdown theme. He's, he's turning into an action star and so they're going on their journeys, they're having their arcs. And I think, so then we get some segments with Beth, the publisher, who is mm. like going to sort it out and go over there. And I think that could have been, it's very broad and it could have been quite jarring in, in its broadness. And I think that it's done really well. Like I found um, uh, Divine Joe Randolph, I thought she was really, really good in a role that's quite broad. Um, and I wanted to see more of her. I don't like, you know, this thing, she's going to lose her temper and it's, it's, it's all very predictable. But She's really, really good um, in Dolomite Is My Name. Yeah, yeah. I will give you that. But I, I don't know, this just felt like a little bit of a poor man's planes, trains and automobiles, her storyline. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. I actually quite liked when the dude from the office showed up. It was the, it was the dude from the American office, wasn't it? I oh, I what, at the said. airport? Uh, on the boat. Maybe at the airport, but yeah, 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 at the airport, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that I thought their interaction was really funny, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, I ju it just yeah, I, it was fine. It was just fine. I wasn't laughing out loud. Okay, that's fair enough. So just like Romancing the Stone, we get to the local town. We've got a costume change. Um, Thank you for the costume change. <laughs> I needed it. Oh, yeah. I'm so sick of that jumpsuit by now. Um, and we've got Channing Tatum's in our film, so we are contractually obliged to have some dancing. Uh, it's better. Than... No, we're remaking Romancing the Stone, so we're contractually obliged to do some dancing, but just slightly different dancing so we don't get sued. <laughs> So slightly better dancing. <laughs> slightly better dancing. Uh, a little bit of closeness. That's good. They don't shag each other, though, which I think is better than in Romancing the Stone. It, it's, but it's not, that, again, is of its time, I think, where it's like the 80s and so everybody's shagging everywhere because you, sure. we are a bit Don't more... With our rom-coms now, that we can be quite... They can be quite innocent in some ways. Yeah. And, you, you know, you're building to a kiss and that's it. And to be fair, what do I always say? Uh, not now, love. Not now, love. <laughs> not now, love. And it's one of those situations, you know. I get I get that people sometimes get these urges, or apparently you do in these life and death situations, but equally, you know, there's a ticking clock. Uh, our ticking clock here is the volcano is oh, going to erupt. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. And so, yeah, it's fine to not have sex. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You can end, you can end with them in bed, sort of James Bond style. It will always if you wait. Have to do it. <laughs> So they're going to go to the sinkhole. They've decided. Good. Um, but Loretta is kidnapped again. So we repeat that beat, which is a shame. Agreed. Then we're at the sinkhole. Then they've got to climb through this tiny hole. And that really upset me. And I think it's because we've been talking about potholing when we did Cliffhanger. And I'm in a little bit sort of a different headspace with you because I haven't been on this show for three weeks. So Cliffhanger is very fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. When they send Sandra through the thing... And she gets stuck and he's like, he does the breathing technique with her and all the rest of it. Great. Nice callback to the breathing technique. He must be, Channing Tatum, twice her width. So I don't see how he gets through that hole. It freaked me to bits. Agreed. The yeah, idea yeah. of Channing, lovely do, Channing Tatum getting stuck in that hole. Is that a fear of getting stuck in a hole? I would never put myself in that situation. Mm. Are you not apt? terrified to your core oh yeah yeah um but it's making me think that we should do the descent i do like that film it's a very good film yeah i do really like it the thing is i'm so scared of potholing it's like extreme potholing where people you know go oh yeah you it. told that I horrible remember. story yeah. yeah that i'd ask you to stop but the, so then later when loretta and alan get buried alive i was like that looks fine <laughs> because mm. it seemed quite roomy by comparison yes. whereas when you think of kill bill or that thing with ryan reynolds what's that called buried oh yeah that's fucking terrifying this tomb that they're in seems quite spacious god they're all good films yeah maybe maybe i need to write something about someone in a box i mean it's cheap one location yeah. it's a great piece for an actor to have yeah. on the old reel these i are... think buried did it so well that no one else can do that now but then you just do it somewhere else don't you but then it's hard in a tube rather than a box an actual cylindrical tube not mm. the, not the london like underground giant, system no, yeah yeah like a giant <laughs> test tube a giant test tube the hadron collider okay. like we're spitballing we could do this in the pub 
Um, copyright Vicky Crompton, Hadron Collider. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can't copyright the word. I think, I think there might be something there, is what I'm saying. Uh, so here we go. The big reveal. This crown of fire that... Daniel Radcliffe, Abigail Fairfax has been obsessed with finding and Loretta, she's been reawakened, you know, this passion that she had with her husband, her deceased husband, which is a little bit of a fly in the ointment romance-wise, but fine. Um, turns out the crown of fire is seashells and that the treasure is real love. Yes, it was a, it was a metaphor. It all was a along. metaphor. I don't mind this. It's like, all right. It's all right. You've got fine. to come up with something, haven't you? Yeah. And it's sufficiently different. Yeah. I've not seen that before. It undercuts our villain quite nicely. Yep. You know, him, him getting enraged that yeah. he was searching for a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, yeah, it's just, I guess it's just quite, um, it's not very spectacular, is it? When no. I think this sort of fizzles out a little bit, the yeah. ending with them in the cave and swimming out and I the boat think, shows up. Weirdly, again, talking of the action, the comedy, the drama, and that they were so vigilant about <clears throat> making sure those elements combined. When they're swimming underneath, you know, through the hole kind of thing to go mm. out to the ocean, I did find that quite scary, as in it looked quite real. Like, sure, but you got, you know, with with your, your Indiana Jones, you're going to have a visually spectacular finale. With Romancing the Stone, there was genuine in danger there with, yeah. the, with the, the villain and the crocodiles. Yeah. And this, I just feel like it's sort of... It just made me shrug a little bit. I was waiting for something bigger to yeah. happen and it never happened. It never well, comes. tell me honestly, like, did you actually think that not soon after this scene, and maybe this is us because we're greedy or whatever, but someone, Alan or Loretta would be like, oh, actually, look what's in my pocket. And it's a handful of rubies because it was a decoy or it was what, not that they'd put the seashells there, mm. but that in a film like this, which has got the motif of like glittery sparkliness in the jumpsuit and you're looking at the font and it's called The Lost City and it's Indiana Jones, you just need to see those jewels like you're desperate to see an actual handful of rubies. And I really thought that one of the characters would be like, ta-da! Mm. Like, you know, jewel of, uh, jewel of yeah. the romance in the stars. No, so. I'm, I'm happy with the metaphor. Yeah. I just think we needed some, you know, a volcano erupting all over them, and yeah. the, you know them being, che you know, running away from the lava, or just. I don't and know. I do think as well. I I bought it when Loretta puts her wedding ring in there, and she's saying, "Okay, mm. her her um, deceased partner's called John, I think. Okay, John, I'm all right now, but it's like he's been dead five years, and you've not cleared out any of his stuff, and you now you've only just taken your wedding ring off. So you and Channing Tatum probably by you probably shouldn't be shagging for quite a while. Like, I think you might still be a little bit of a mess. So you're going to go home, clear out that study, I assume, because mm. you're done now. Turn it into a sex room. A sex room for Alan, which is a hundred percent. Don't waste any time there. Put a stripper pole in immediately. Yeah, and a swing <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> and lock him in. And that is it genuine the song? <laughs> oh my god it is. Yeah, get that get that on the on the play. Just build him that what is he in in that in that he's like a garage or whatever. Mm. Build him a work no a workshop. Get that on repeat yeah. on the speakers. Alan, I've built you a workshop. What for? You know why. Don't be coy. <laughs> Bend bom, over. Bom, bom. Amazing. <laughs> uh, I like it when they when they catch um our villain and you can hear her say, I think it best says I thought he was a little boy, but he has a full beard. <laughs> it's really funny. Which again undercuts the whole sex symbol thing, saying he's a little boy. Yeah, but, um, it's very funny. It's very funny. It's very funny. So then um, Loretta's new book is a hit. They've been rescued. The new book is a hit. Yep. I, I do think that's better be than Romancing the Stone, if I'm honest. They've been on tour. It's the end of the tour. And then we get the kiss. And maybe I'm being chased and unnecessarily, or I'm just sort of being um, an old lady about it. But I like, I prefer that we just about I prefer the timing of it. And I like the fact that um, we wait till the end for the kiss. Now, as much as I love Channing Tatum, I don't think they're miscast. It's such a weird feeling for me. They're not miscast because if you want a female lead and a male lead to open a movie, for me, this is catnip. Like, you can't do better than this. Do I buy them as a love interest for each other? A hundred percent. No, I don't. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a certain lack of their chemistry is that they're both, you know, very skilled actors in this genre and they make you believe in it. But you, when you see them kiss, you just don't get that. It's, it's just something you can't fake. I like. know what it is. You want it to be an older man with a younger woman. God, I probably, oh my God. Because we haven't, we haven't seen that yet. Oh my God. Someone needs to do that. It's my internalised sexism again. <laughs> do you see how hard it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is such a battle. Yeah. I probably do though. On some level, I'm like, oh, you weird. Think? So yeah, um, the thing is, I just don't see 
Alan as Loretta's equal because I don't see in the real world Channing Tatum as Sandra Bullock's equal because I've got a huge blind spot when it comes to her. Well, not blind spot, but it's like I think she's incredible, and there are very few men. When you know Ryan Reynolds is not is not it either. Like it's I've just got such high opinion of her. I'm not sure who I could put with her that I'd be like, there we go, that's the perfect kiss. So it's not necessarily the writing. It's just me being weird about Sandra Bullock. Nah, I think she needs. Well, I mean, Brad Pitt might work. Clooney, oh my god, yeah, that little worries where she's like, Who are you? And it's like, yeah. Oh my god, this is the romance. So it's in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, Clooney and her would be. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they've done it. Yeah. Anyway, no, no, I'm not sure they've done it. I meant, I meant I'm sure they've done a film oh, together. Oh, no, that, yeah, no, that's me happened. neither. That's not what I meant. Uh, so <laughs> then, did you see the uh, credit, the end credits thing thing? I, di- I did. It's a bit disappointing, isn't it? Um, so Jack's back. Jack's not dead. He's in their yoga class. And it's that's it. And I was like, oh, where's the where's the huge D- joke? Don't, don't get it. I've written no. it down. <laughs> Jack's in the yoga class. He's alive. I don't get the this. The end. <laughs> and this is I'm embarrassed to say. I then spun through the rest of the credits. Like they must do it again to pay it off. No. No. And it's like you're setting up a sequel, which I assume you are. I, I just or are you just trying to make me laugh? And that's fine, but you haven't. So. Yeah. The only I, I actually only read one interview about this film. It was with the directors, and they sort of said, "Yeah, we were just we loved Jack so much, so we were so happy to get him back at the end." Yeah. That's not a good enough reason to do that and to undercut what was the best the joke best in moment. your film yeah. yeah yeah that's true um unless it's, it's got to be hilarious yeah it's, it's got to work <laughs> yeah he, he's the cia operative whatever he should burst in and he's like oh yeah no i'm not dead whatever it should be it just mm. needs to be bigger but anyway on that sort of flat note we're done that's yep. the film has ended yeah okay cool we forgot the film that george clooney and sandra bullock made together gravity quite a big one <laughs> quite a big one but, but they no, don't there wasn't, with yeah, each other. No, no romance no romance they heal each other Specifically, he heals her through sacrifice, um, okay. but they don't. They can't kiss because they're wearing space helmets. Sure. Sure. And if they did kiss, oh my god, that would be romantic though. If we take these space helmets off, we will both die, mm. but we will get to get off with each other. Copyright it. <laughs> Shall I put that in the Hadron Collider idea? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I release you from the Hadron Collider, you will die, but we get to kiss each other. Choose. <laughs> I tell you what, Chris, I might need five minutes to write this down because no um, worries, we're nearly done. <laughs> So, uh, the bits. What was your best scene? Brad Pitt's death. Yes, me too. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a genuine surprise, which is a nice thing to happen Despite when you're watching a film. Despite the overt manipulation of your emotions prior to that with some very PG Certificate 12 Didn't action. Didn't notice that. I'm, yeah, I'm not... I'm fair enough. I don't, know, I don't know why you've got a problem with that. I haven't. I haven't. I'm just conscious of what someone is trying to do to me and it just totally works, mm. I guess. And that's a little sort of pressure point for me. I hate you like that. Uh, but I love it. So... Your most valuable whatever, Chris. Oh, I don't know. Do you really not know? I wrote down Fabio. Um, he's not in this film. He's mentioned. <laughs> he is. I was gutted because I was going to I was gonna do some Fabio stuff. And then, um, do, you remember, do you remember when he was on the roller coaster? No. Oh, it's horrible. What do you mean? There's, there's footage of Fabio on a roller coaster and um, a bird flies into him and no. breaks his face. Shut up. Yeah. Is that true? It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. It's horrendous. They happen to have a camera on him at the time. And so, yeah, the, you see, the, he's just covered in blood. Oh, my God. It's better than this film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awful. That's my MVW. That's really upset me for loads of reasons. Imagine how scared he would have been. That's not nice. Now I can't go on any more roller coasters and I do enjoy roller coasters. Yeah. I didn't even but, know that was a but thing. But also, it's Fabio. Well, I, that's the thing. It's funny that maybe the only person it's ever happened to is Fabio, <laughs> of all the people on Earth. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I've written down Channing Tatum or Sandra Bullock. Well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but you have to choose. Um, you don't have to choose if you don't want to. Why don't you choose the jumpsuit? They, they want you to no, choose No, I the hated the jumpsuit. <laughs> I didn't like the jumpsuit. Okay. Um, well, who are you picking? I have to pick Sandra Bullock, but it weighs heavy on me. You don't have it. to. No, I do. Um... That's the hill I've chosen to die on. And I'll tell you for why, Chris. When she's in the tank with Daniel Radcliffe and Alan is running to rescue her, they've got that sort of little bit laboured kind of joke about she's going to set the thing on fire. She spills the whiskey and she gives a little look and I was like, there's my Sandra. She's comedy genius when she wants to be. Um, I don't think some of the material is strong enough here, but that look, I was like, that's why I love that woman. So that's mine. Mm. Um. Well, I love her more than you, but I'm going Channing Tatum. Oh, you went out with her, so... Nearly. Mm. <laughs> um, Channing Tatum, because he's quite funny. That's <laughs> <laughs> so weak. Channing Tatum's all right in this, mm. so I think we'll... Um... Channing Tatum, because he's so good in 21 Jump Street. 
I'm he's going so in. good in Magic Mike 1 and 2. So, yes. Especially <laughs> the trailer for Magic Mike 2 in which he's incredible. Uh, yeah, fine. I don't mind. So, what would you change? Oh, God, I've got, I've got so many things written down Have here. You? I've, only got, I've got two. Um, I've said a few of them, though. What haven't I said? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I mean, the biggest one is don't bring Brad Pitt back. Yep. That is a sin um, at the end there. Um, I think the film's problem is the villain. And I say that a lot, but, you know, having him be Rupert Murdoch's kid mm. and casting Daniel Radcliffe, it just isn't doing it for me. Like, even it, you know, Succession is Murdoch's kids. Maybe if you had Jeremy Strong or someone, I guess it's just a very broad comedy when the way Radcliffe is playing it. Yeah. And I think if you haven't got the spectacle at the end of the film, you need the threat. And yes. I never felt the threat from Radcliffe. It was too undercut with humour and mm. him being a baby. And Oh, this is a terrible thing to say, but he's obviously got... He physically, he isn't. He doesn't seem intimidating. Not necessarily because of his size, but he just doesn't. Mm. But then, because his little army of generals and henchmen, he's undercutting them all the time. Like he's quite mean to them and stuff mm. like that. So you don't ever believe that he said you need to kill her. That they would. So he's got nothing, kind of thing. Maybe I've just mm. thought of that, but maybe it's bullshit. But I know what you mean. Yeah, so we'll go with that. I think I've said everything else. All right. And stick some crocodiles in the ending. Some snappers. <laughs> um, yes, so I want to keep Brad for a little bit longer, like I said, because I wanted to build on the relationship between him and Alan. And what I wanted to do was for Jack to reveal that prior to him being a black ops CIA hitman murderer, he used to be a cover model as well. And look how he turned out. Mm. Because what Alan wants is to be like Jack. Mm. And Jack is 100 miles away from Alan in terms of the character. So I wanted them to have one more adventure. And then just as Jack is dying, he's like, don't worry, kid, because I was you and you can do it. And yeah. I just thought that would have been nice. That would have been really good. Um, I can't find it here, but I forgot my favourite line was when he's... He's grieving about Jack's death. He says all he wanted to do was train people. <laughs> and that's just funny to me that he was called Jack Trainer and he was Do you a... find that funny? Yeah. I do, yeah. I shouldn't, but it yeah, I do find just that wanted funny. Wanted to train people. <laughs> um that's it, isn't it? Unless I've forgotten anything because I've been off for a while. No, I think that's it. Cool. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! All right, and this bit I know. It this was my week. Yeah, these were my choices. It, you know, despite the fact that I had to do more work than I was expecting. So, uh, so did I. Yeah, you have to do a lot more work than me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't bitch and moan because yeah, you have um, you've uh, yeah played a blind it. So, um, I guess do you know what? I'm gonna go first. Is that all right? Yes. Okay, because I've been really back and forth on it, and I know that's going to make you angry. It's just not making me angry at all. I don't. All right, fine. I'm just because I'm just going to stick to what I decided before we did the podcast because you have changed my mind. But I'm I'm just going to. I'll know I'll change my mind back again once we're out of this room. So this is purely because it leans more heavily into riddle solving that the Lost City nudges it for me because when you take the star power out of it and that star, because the star power for me is quite overwhelming because they're my, my favourite people. I do like clues and I like the seashells pay off. And even though Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas are so much more believable as a couple and we are dealing with the romance threads, there's just not enough of problem solving. And I do love problem solving. And then I got panicked. So I was like, God, that's a stupid reason. But if you go back through our Indiana Jones episodes, I think I mentioned the problem solving as the most valuable whatever, like three times, because we just mm -hmm. love stuff like that. So, I, and I also think in Romancing the Stone, I think it's uh, it's probably, it's probably going to have more staying power, I think that's fair to say, than The Lost City over the years. But there are so many other elements that it doesn't need such as, hate to say it, Danny DeVito and the sister and the police and Ira. Like, I just don't think we need any of that. We need some clues. So for the clues alone, I am choosing The Lost City. Fair enough. Um, wow. You wanted to take Danny DeVito out of Romancing the Stone. I don't want to, but, you know. That's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. And I can't. I cannot do it. I can't excise him. So, um, well... Uh, it's funny, my reason is exactly the reason that you said you might have picked Romancing the Stone. I've written down going on chemistry and star power this yeah. week for me. And Sandra Bullock is one of my first loves. She'll be one of my last. But 
But her and Channing Tatum That's so nice. can't compete with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. There's just some magic there that, that makes this movie. It didn't make the sequel because they weren't together enough. You know, it made another film that they did together, War of the Roses. There's something about those two together that is special. And it made the movie and it makes them my pick this week. Oh. So it's a dead heat. Yeah. And unlike when Alex messaged you while you were away asking you what your pick was and you, you went, what are you talking about? I'd literally no idea what he was talking about because it was in the wrong chat, right? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'll just say it anyway. I'd asked him a question about okay. something else entirely unrelated, which he ignored for about a week. Then I get this random message going, but, who's your winner? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking but about? But it was, it was Tuesday at like 3pm. That's true. Might, that should have given you a clue. He came in from the beach. And then I was like, what's this? <laughs> what's this message? Honestly, I, I messaged him back, not in anger, but in just pure like, he daring browned me. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? My brain just scrambled. Yeah, he wanted to know what your winner was. Because, for the podcast. Yeah, because yeah. we were having trouble. <laughs> we were having trouble. It was close to being a draw. What week was it? I don't know. Was it Karate Kid week? I would, I would have picked Karate Kids. Yes. Karate Kid week, I actually um, had to make him change his mind. Right. On air. What, over what? He picked No Retreat, No Surrender. Did he? He was like, oh, if, if I was having mates over and I was watching something again, it would be No Retreat. So I was like, that's never been our criteria, <laughs> is if I'm watching again with mates after a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's the better film and I mean afterwards in the pub he did say to me I oh, thank god I changed my mind okay. like that would have been ridiculous if I'd stuck with that I don't know I haven't seen it but it sounds awesome it is awesome but it's bad <laughs> yeah. you know um, so the winner this week um, uh, based on Alex's vote yep. he hasn't given a reason Fine. annoying but he is working today so he's he, he's just um, messaged me very quickly and written romancing the stone 100% okay no, I think it's the right thing. So the right there decision. wasn't even a percent off there. 100% <laughs> from Alex. Um, the full vault. He did tell me last week, which he shouldn't have, um, that he thought The Lost City was awful. Yeah, okay. Um, which put me in a bad frame of mind when I went to watch well, this it. Is we shouldn't thing. do that. Yeah. Uh, when I went to watch it, I couldn't have been more receptive and more happy because mm. I'm t knackered from coming back off holiday and I'm so, I just want something so pleasant and easy because I don't want to feel on downer about being back from holiday and it just did everything for me in that mood. If I'd been more critical, I'm not sure I would feel the same, but I can't sort of undo how I feel. Um, Fine. It was good for me. Fine. So we have a winner, Romancing the Sown by two to one. Uh, I'm just hoping now that banter swag 42069 wasn't a big Lost City fan. Well, we'll find out. We'll be in trouble. Yeah. Well, me and you will be in trouble. Yes. But Alex, by his absence. You miserable bastard. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but if you want to write a review uh, like Banter Swag 42069 did, um, we'd love it. <laughs> Just don't make it, don't make it personal. No. Um, and um, as I've said before, if you want to watch us in action, we're at Clash Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok and on YouTube now. We've got all of them. Is that all of them? Uh, no, Snapchat. Okay, but that's just for putting cat ears on or something, isn't it? Uh, let's look ahead to next week. So the clue I gave you was um, Alex's clue. I'm not taking credit for it. It was Into the Spider-Verse. Um, we then followed that up with Vicky's clue, which I think we're going to film afterwards. Vicky, what is the clue? <laughs> With eight power comes eight responsibility. Excellent. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, and that's because next week's films are... Arachnophobia and Eight-Legged Freaks. That's Arachnophobia and Eight-Legged Freaks. Um, I think I had to rent both of them. Okay. Um, on... I rented one on Sky, but they're both available on right. Amazon to rent. So, And that's in the UK. So, yeah, spiders. I know and you're not scared of spiders, so... Not really, no. Very different experience for you as for me. Are you dreading watching these two? A little bit, because I'm not brilliant. I'm not the, I'm not the worst person in the world, but we live in an old house and the, the spiders we get are fucking massive. Yeah. Um, and if one of them legs it out from under the telly during one of these films, I'm not going to deal with that brilliantly well. Yeah, my missus didn't watch them with me. Nah. She wouldn't watch them with me. She said, you can do them while I'm out. Um, but... Yeah, this is a worry for me. Like, will our listenership drop that week because there are that many people that are too frightened of spiders? Oh. What I will say is, if you're too afraid of spiders, don't watch the films, but do listen to the episodes. Sure. You know? 
Yeah. Well, the episodes won't don't be scary. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. I think is the phrase. The yeah. episodes won't be scary. Stay with us. Yeah. Just don't watch the movies. Yeah. And they're not that scary. They're quite funny, really. Yeah, they are. Okay, that is your lot. Um, so, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with Arachnophobia. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 